This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good. All right. So I know everybody wants me to talk about the character assassination that they're trying to do to me online over a share that I gave a year ago. Stam. 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 Just to. Stam's total shtus whatsoever. Um, the thing that they're quoting that I said, if you listen to the whole share, not where the guy sends you to 39 minutes, is it? I, I, it was interesting. So this, this um, I mean, everyone here knows me, so they know that I'm definitely not a racist. Um, and um, so what happened, what happened is that I gave a share in the, in, in the, in the Aguda Convention, which put me on YouTube, which, which is a place that I never wanted to be. You know, I never... I don't even have internet, so I, I like to stay off that whole world, because you know what I, I think of that whole world. And um, so once I got up here, so this this guy felt like, uh, oh, everyone thinks that he's he's going to change the world. I'm going to show you that he's not a good guy, whatever it is. And he, he took a share that I gave about about Zumba and some other stuff, and he, he sent them to 39, to a certain point. In other words, the minute someone says, listen, to, if you were to say, listen to the whole share, make a decision, that's a, that's a fair guy. He said, just listen to 39 minutes. In other words, missed the whole share, but he listed the 39 minute, so you hear me saying, guys are jumping like monkeys, which I was actually talking about you guys. I don't know if you listen to the whole share. <laughs> you listen to the whole share, I was saying, my guys in my class, when they listen to certain music, they jump like monkeys, but the subject was Zumba, so that means that, and, and I, in the beginning I said that, that you know, that um, Hispanic and, and black music, which is absolutely not racist, but there's Jewish music, there's Israeli music, there's Arabic music, there's Sephardic music, there's black music, there's Hispanic music, there's all kinds of different music, there's nothing racist about that. But he took that, and he and he connected that, he took that piece, and then he took the monkey piece, and he connected the two pieces, and Rev Wallace that said, never said it, if you listen to the tape. But nobody was, no, this is Lush and Hara, this is, this is the seed of the place of Lush and Hara and Rechilus, and that's why, Rosh Hashem, I have a little flip phone. I don't, I don't live on that, in that, in that world. And um, that's why I tell people to stay away from that world because if anyone would have listened carefully, but you know I'm not I don't have a right to complain because this week's parsha Moshe Rabbeinu and I'm not Moshe Rabbeinu. He went ahead and he saved these two Jews and he and he and he killed the mitzvah and what did they do instead of saying thank you? They went to uh, to Paro and they say kill us. So you know what I mean? So like this is this is not something new. Um, assassination by him it was actually physical by by. So I, I was just like so, so the girls in my seminary were like. Like, I don't understand, what, like, like, how do you do that? Like, how can you just, like, how can you, like, take parts and, 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 and you know, not, not be honest and, like, they're very whatever. And so I said, I'll tell you a story. I have to be very careful how I say the story, because I, I don't want to take a piece of this. <laughs> just take it. One minute, two, 22 seconds, and, and read that. So, so, so I said to them the following. So there's this Jewish, Jewish kid who never learned anything about the Torah. He's coming from... Somewhere, because I'm going to say a state, they're going to say, oh, he's racist. Uh, isn't that safe? I'm very careful what I say, right? But he's coming from somewhere, and there's this guy that's anti anti-Yiddish guy, he's angry because someone did him bad, someone did him wrong. Moshe Rabbeinu, this week's parasha, who did someone more wrong? And we're talking about this. Then Moshe Rabbeinu. He went ahead and he saved two Jews, and he put his, he was the next pharaoh. He was, this, he was the, the king, he was supposed to be the king of Egypt. Right? He put it all on the line, sent two Jews, killed this Egyptian that was whipping up the Jews, right? What did he get for it? They tried to kill him. Instead of saying, thank you, you know, now this guy's not beating us up anymore. They went to Pilate and said, this guy, this Jewish guy, you know, this, your son, the prince, whatever, he tried to murder. Moshe Beno should have turned around and said, oh my gosh, what are these guys doing to me? I should go save them? 
It's the opposite. I should become the prince of Egypt and, put, and, give them, and, and take away everything that they have. Instead, he became the leader of Christ. So all of us that have complaints that people treated us wrong and rabbis hurt us and all these other complaints that we have, the leader of Christ was trying to teach us something in this week's parasha, got it much worse than anybody else. And what did he do? He was the one that gave the title. He was the one that took Christ for a lot of the tribe. Never did Christ say thank you to him for anything that he did. And he took them to the end till he died. Till he died, right? So, 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 because someone did something wrong, I'm not saying they have a right to do something wrong. Look, they did a lot more wrong to Moshe Rabbeinu. A lot more wrong to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he made it through. And he became a leader. So these people are very angry out there. Anyway, so this guy decides, he's angry. So he's going to turn this guy off from the whole side. How's he going to do that? He's going to say, so you want to know about the Bible? You want to know about the Jewish Bible? I want you to go, not to minute 39, but I want you to go, listen to where I want you to go. We're going to pick out one passage. Okay? We're going to pick out one passage. And we'll see how holy this Bible is. Okay, here we go. Ready? Pasuk. Aleph. Perek. Gimel. Okay? Now, you have to remember, boys, that this guy never heard a Pasuk in the Chumash in his life. He's the first and only Pasuk he's going to hear. And this is the Pasuk. And they were both not dressed. I'm saying it nicely. I'm not, even, I'm not even translating it the way Archibald translates it, okay? But you should And they were both undressed. Man and his wife. And they were not embarrassed. Oh my God. That's the Torah? The Holy Torah? The Holy Bible? They were not dressed and they weren't embarrassed? I can't learn this. This is, this is, this is not holy. This is... A book that you now not even read about a story about two people that are not dressed, a man and a woman, and they weren't embarrassed. Oh my God! I don't want anything to do with this religion. It's terrible! If we stop at that Pasuk, and that's all we learn, and that's all I tell him, because then we look into a Chumash again in his life, that is a book that I, my mother wouldn't even let into the house! Such a story! Two people not dressed, and they weren't embarrassed! Sure. If, you can, if you're going to pick one Pasuk, and not connect to what was going on and why they weren't embarrassed because they didn't know bad from wrong and there was no bad in the world. It was before the eight times asking, you're like, wow, it was such a time that people were so pure, just the opposite. What, what are you getting from this plastic? Oh my gosh, they're so impure. They're both not dressed and they don't care. They're not even embarrassed. What terrible people. When really, when really, if you know the whole contents of what's going on, Rashi says it's just the opposite. Why weren't they embarrassed? Because they had no evil inclination. So they went such a high level that it was like two cats. Or two, two, you know, that it, it, there was no Yitzhar in there. It was like, 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 like two animals or two, two birds, so that birds don't get dressed. So just the opposite. Not that it's low, but they went such a high level. There was no Yitzhar. It didn't mean anything. So this guy went ahead and he took and he sent out to our Jewish people. And he said, just look at that 29 minutes. So anybody who, who, what do you mean, just watch that just look at 29 minutes? What happened, what did Ryan Walsing say the 29 minutes before that? I need to hear that. You can't just pull out Pusik Yilchaz, Perry Gimel, Pusik Aleph, right? Nobody listens to the rest. No one listens to the whole thing. Very few people do. They just listen to that part. They just do whatever. So 
my Talmidim are very upset and they're defending me. You don't need to defend me. This is a character assassination and everyone here knows that I'm not a racist. My whole life I played ball and to say that there's such a thing called Latino music and there's such a thing called 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 black music. There is such a thing called black. There's a thing called jazz. a thing called rock. a thing called heavy metal. That doesn't demean anybody. Now, it happens to be that this week's parsha, and as far as Zumba is concerned, and I, I was very clear in my share, if you listen to my share, that the share was for people who don't listen to non-Jewish music. If you don't listen to non-Jewish music, and there were girls, the girls that were sitting in front of me, that was the group of girls, what I said to them is that if you're going to go to Zumba, you're going to listen to non-Jewish music, and you're going to like it, because it makes you jump, it makes you dance. And if you're going to like it, when you get into your car, you're going to listen to non-Jewish music. When you get home, you listen to non-Jewish music. So all of you who are struggling, is what I told them the other 29 minutes, if you're struggling with something, right, if you're struggling with something, then I'm just telling you, if you're struggling with alcohol, right, I'm not going to sit, put you into a bar where they're serving alcohol. So if you're struggling with non-Jewish music and you're trying not to listen to non-Jewish music, and I'm going to send you to Zoom and you're going to think that it's exercise, therefore I can listen to the music, but you're going to like that music, and you are listening to non-Jewish music at that point, it's going to lead you to listen to non-Jewish music. That was the whole thing. Then I talked about the pole dancing, which they were advertising. This is a long time ago. This guy just brought it out now because of their good speech. And also, Wallstein was like, wow, he's the guy who's telling, right? So, so this is an old, old chair. And that chair has been on for nine months. Nobody ever wrote a letter. Nobody sent a letter. Nobody complained. It wasn't a word. But he took this pieces and he put this together, right? Very brilliant. I have to say very brilliantly. And you know what? I'm Michael. I'm Michael because you can't do anything to me if Hashem didn't sign off on it. For some reason, Hashem signed off for Rosh Hashanah that I'm going to go through this better than anything else. But that's what's meant to be. So I'm, I'm Michael, this guy. You should have a long life. Whatever you should do, have a good day. I'm Michael, all the rabbis that spoke against me, right? they're good to share, who they also didn't listen to the share. They just read the, you know, the, the, the headline which said, Rabbi Lawson slams Rabbanim. It happens to be that I spoke to the girl who wrote it, who wrote slams Rabbanim, and she thought... That she was, I spoke to her, I spoke to her, and she said, oh, but I changed it to, to slams the system. But you didn't change it on YouTube. You just changed it on Russ's Nice. So on YouTube, it says slams Rabbanim. So Rabbanim are very upset. Why is there a policy slamming us? <laughs> right? So they, had, so they got up. When they heard that, what, how could he slam us? Who is he to slam us? And they got very angry. They didn't listen to the share. <coughs> they would have listened to the share. They would have heard what Rabbi Wallstein said that on our watch, Rabbanim, Askanim, all of Kleistro, myself included, what's going on is that we're having problems with our children and kids are out of school and kids are suffering and people don't actually do it, we're going to have to answer it on our watch. So either everybody should be angry at me because I said Rabbanan, Kleistro, Askanan, and all of us, so either everyone should be angry, how dare you say it's happening on our watch even though it's happening on our watch, or nobody should be angry at me. But what happened? They put that out. And people read this, and they run to their rabbi, oh, Rabbi Wallstein spoke against you. You're a rabbi, you're a rabbanim. So, of course, they reacted, but they didn't listen to the shir. First lesson in Hilchus Lashon Hara. I think we need to give that book out. I think we need to send an email blast on 180 days of learning a lesson a day in, 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 in Lashon Hara. And the same people that felt that I was a racist and that I said all these terrible things went ahead and talk, spoke about me the same way. So if you feel that you should have talked bad about people, so why are you talking bad about this rabbi? Why are you giving him the benefit of the doubt? Al-Elamai, it's very hypocritical. The whole thing is very hypocritical. But I figured it like this. This is the way it works. Where Watson speaks against the Internet, 
and Facebook. It's been my my pet peeve for since I started speaking, I think, because this is talking what happens. They, 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 they can destroy people. They can destroy people, and it just goes from one mouth to the other. It, it could be used for the good, but everything is tied around in, in the Etzadas. And guess what? Torah anytime is on the Internet. So the Etzadas is like, one second, man. You're talking against the Internet, but you're sure I'm on the Internet. And you're using the Internet to be a car of people. Uh-uh. You're on my turf, man. You're using my turf to be a car of people? Nah. It doesn't work that way. You're on my turf, and you're talking against it? And now you want to use it to help people? I'm taking you down on my turf. It's like... So... I said I'm going to speak about this whole thing one time, and that's it. I'm not, I'm not even going to give it. I work Hashem have this phone, so I don't have Facebook, I don't have internet, so I have no idea what's flying. But my poor Talmudim, they have to answer this friend and that friend and this friend. Guys, don't have to answer anybody. You know me. I've never been a racist. I'm not a racist. Do I, do I believe that, that kids who don't listen to non-Jewish music should listen to non-Jewish music when they're exercising? No. I think you should listen to Israeli music. I, I, I think that you can exercise to, there's a lot of crazy music, Jewish music out there. You can listen to the Moshav band, you can hop and jump, there's a lot of Jewish, really, there's a lot of Jewish music. So if we cannot get to it, and that was really my point. My point was as, as, as this, that, that I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that someone who does Jumba is going to go off to Derech. That, that's like saying that's like saying someone who goes to work is going to go off to derech, or a guy who plays basketball is going to go off to derech. That's not what I said. I didn't say. I said if you don't listen to non-Jewish music, but but Lemaisa, Lemaisa at the end of the day, this week's parsha says the following: How do we get out of Gullus? And we read it to you from inside. How can Klaishvul get out of Mitzrayim? How can we didn't assimilate? We were there for a very very long time. Mitzrayim was the <coughs> lowest place on earth. It was the most immoral. Had the worst clubs. The worst stuff going on was the capital of immorality. How did the Jewish nation come out of there in one piece? And the answer is because of three things. And everyone knows this. They learned this when they were little kids. We didn't change the way we dress. We dressed like Jews. We didn't change our names. Our names were Jewish. And we didn't, and we didn't change our language. We spoke Hebrew. So though, because there were borders that we didn't cross... That made us different. It's not being racist, being different. Black people don't buy Jewish music. That doesn't make them racists. You understand? It's, you don't have to mix with everyone. That doesn't mean you are racist. The Jews in Mitzrayim were not racist, but but they did not mix when it came to their names, even when they went to work. They used their Jewish name. Their clothing, right, was not what we do. We're not like they wear Mitzrayim. I get dressed like the rest of the world gets dressed. They got dressed Hasidish. They got dressed differently. They looked different. Their fashion was different. Their clothing was different. Why? Because they had to put some boundaries on why I am different. We, we want to be the same as them, as everybody else. It's not racism to want to be different. Muslims dress differently. You go on Avenue J, they wear long robes, right? They go to prayers on Coney Island Avenue. They dress different. Doesn't make them <coughs> racist. That's how they keep, that's how they keep separate. But it doesn't mean that they're, they're, that they're racist. They want to be in a land, they, they, they understand, they want to be in America and then that's the whole fight about the, about the women covering their, you know, the covering, <coughs> covering their face. Why do they want to cover their face? Why do they just get dressed like us? Because they want, they want to keep, they want to be separate 
in a land of the free, could be free, but they want to be separate. Klaicho in the Shrayan was separate. And the only thing that they separated, we worked with them, I mean, we worked for them, right? With three things. And that's what got us out of the Shrayan. We did not have their names, we did not dress like them, and we did not talk like them. And it doesn't mean that Klaicho were racist or they felt they were better, they, they were different. They, there's a thing called individuality. You're allowed to be an individual. A person is allowed to be an individual. You're allowed to be different. does not mean that you're criticizing all the other people. You're allowed to be different. I don't understand why everybody, we have to be, we have this need, this urge, this need. As Jews, we've always need, we need to assimilate. We want to be, we want to go to the Yankee game, no one should know I'm a Jew. You think by putting on a cap, no one knows, you think they're out. When you wear the cap, you think no one knows. Why can't, why can't you be a Jew at a Yankee game? Why can't you be a Jew at a Yankee game? So I'm a Jew at a Yankee game. Okay. Why not to hide that I'm a Jew at a Yankee game? Why do I have to look like everybody else? I'm a, am I not proud of who I am? Am I not proud of being different? Why can't the person be proud of being different? Why, why are we embarrassed to be, to be different? I don't understand that. There's, there's, there's this whole thing that, you know, how dare you be different? This is the Elish Moist. The beginning, the first words of of Pasha Shemot, of the book of Shemot, which is the book of being in Egypt, getting out of Egypt, all the big stuff happening in Shemot. The real big stuff, the Ten Makos, Kriyas Yamsev, Matan Taira, right? It all happened in the book of Shemot. How does the book of Shemot start? The Eile Shemot B'nei Yisrael. These are the names, and they kept their names, that's why it says this, the B'nai Yisrael kept their name in the triumph. So they asked the Kasha, you call the whole book Shemos? You should call the book Yitzhak the triumph. It's full it's, it's in the whole book of Shemos. If these are the names that came to triumph, that's the whole Pasha. And the answer is, says it says the Chidah, the answer is yes. They were not getting out of the triumph if they didn't keep their names different. So therefore, the name of the whole book is Shemos, they kept their names separate. They kept their individuality. Nothing wrong with dancing to Israeli Jewish music. You can dance like crazy, you can exercise like crazy, nothing wrong. So if you're not listening to Jewish music anyway, okay, so then what's the difference? But if you're listening to Jewish music, and that's all you listen to, so go exercise the Jewish music. There's enough crazy wild Jewish music to exercise to. Keep the shmos, keep the name. The Elish Mois. So I want to read you a couple of a couple of chidos, then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about we'll, we'll talk a little, a little bit about Moshe Rabbeinu. Listen, if I was going to back up and tell you that you know it's okay to do everything, then it's not, then then you, your Rebbe is not your Rebbe. This is what I feel, and and, and again I repeat it that Chachamim never said someone who does zumba is going to end up being uh, who knows what he wrote on that thing. I, I just said go to don't listen to Goyish music, shouldn't go listen to it. That's all. And, and the movements are not for, you know, it's, it's a little, it's, it's a little different than, uh, than the movements that Jewish women are, are, are used to. Does that mean everyone does Zoom as a, no, it's exercise. I'm not saying it's not. But for certain people, it's wrong. For me, for me, for what I want to see, right, to, to, to go to a Nick game. I used to go to basketball games, right? I can't go to basketball games anymore because during a basketball game, they decide, they have these girls, they're going to start dancing in the middle that aren't dressed, right? Every time there's a, there's a timeout, they, they come onto the floor, and they're dancing, and they're not dressed. Now, I, I'm a rabbi, I'm a rabbi, I can't sit there and watch that. 
Does that mean that I'm going to tell you that no guy can go to a Nick game because of that? Depends where he's at. If he's, if he's into Shmir Sanayim, no, you can't go to a Nick game. If you're into Shmir Sanayim, if that, you don't, you, you're working on yourself not to see girls that aren't dressed, and that's what you're working on, then I will tell you, listen, I gotta tell you something, you know, Nick game is not all basketball anymore. There's gonna be a lot of dancing, and, and if, if, if you're, if this is something you're struggling with, I'm not sending you to the Nick game. Does that mean no one's allowed to go to Nick game? No! If my little eight-year-old, nine-year-old grandson wants to go to Nick game, is he gonna know the difference? Whether yes or no, that's not. Every person has to make the decision where they're at. Don't make it. Don't make it into a blanket thing. Yes, for some girls it's wrong. For some girls, for 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 girls becoming from who's my girls that, are, that that go to clubs, girls from my high school, the girls that go to clubs, I will drive them to Zumba. I will pay for them to go to Zumba, an all girls place where they're all dancing. But that doesn't mean for the girl who's not looking to go, she really that you should go there. Everybody's different. You can't you can't make it into into one big club. But it's very clear in the Torah. And I'm not going to change the Torah to be nice to everybody. It's very clear in the Torah, right, that the reason we got out of the trying was for three things. We did not assimilate. We did not talk like anybody else. We did not call our, our children by the name of anybody else. And we didn't dress like anybody else. We were very different. And maybe that's why the Mitzvah hated us. Maybe that's why they hated us, because we were very different. I don't know, right? But we were very different. We even didn't live with them. We lived in Goshen. We didn't even live with them. We were very, very different. So he says the following. Very, very interesting. He says the following. They didn't change their name. And they didn't change the way they spoke. Not just, not just the language. It's the way you talk. Right? They didn't curse. They didn't, they, they, it was the way they talk. They had Gidur Bairayas. And... And they were very careful when it came to Arayis. We know that the women in, in Mitzrayim, the Gemara says, that if it wasn't for the women in Mitzrayim, we would have never gotten out of Mitzrayim, because they were very tznuah. The women were very, very tzniistic, and they kept their husbands from, from assimilating with, with, the other, with the other women. And he says the following. He says, what if, what's so important about not changing your name? So you don't call them by a Jewish name, big deal. You, you call them, you know, Marvin instead of, instead of Moshe. What's the big deal? So he says the following, very, very, very interesting. He says, you need to know that the names of the Shvatim were written on the stones of the Eiffel. And you, you all know, it's very famous by Yosef Atzadik when he was about to do the Adera with Batifa's wife. So, the Shal Aviv, the picture of Yaakov Avinu showed up, right? And he said to him, uh, you, you realize if you do this very your name will not be written on the stones of the Afo. That's that's what his father's muster was. Like that's what that's what that's what Yosef is about to do Avera, he's worried about. The stones on the Afo. Why is he saying you're doing the Avera, what are you doing? What's the stones on the Afo? Why why is that why is the lesson that they use? So he says very interesting. He says that also the Gemara in Perry Bash in the Megillah says that you're not allowed to call your friend by a uh, by a nickname, right? Why not? Why can't you call him by a nickname? So he says the following, Pleadic. He says, we know that when Hashem created the world, so Hashem wanted to make Adam, right? So the Malachi Asharei said, Adam Mazativoy. God, what do you need a human being for? When you say nickname, what do you mean by that? By what? When you say nickname, what does that exactly mean? Call someone by a nickname, Mitch, uh, no, Zach. Uh, I don't know if that's a keynote, if that's called a keynote. He's, he's saying a name that's a deny. 
Like midget, punk, you know, shorty, something like that. A tease. A tease. A tease. A No, if you call me Zachai, you call me Zach, that's not what he's saying here. He's saying a name that's a Gnai. It's, it's, it's like a, a tease name, like, you know, shorty, right. Shorty. Right, it's all like that. So, so listen to, listen to, listen to the Medrash. Listen to what happened. So the Malachi Shara has said, Hashem, why do you need a human being in this world? What do you need him for? Right? Allah had, so Hashem said to the angels, the human being, he's smarter than you are. So, they said, really? You would be smarter than a malach, than an angel? Hashem brought animals, wild animals and birds in front of the angels. And Hashem said to them, Mashmo, give it a name. Give this animal a name, give this bird a name. They, they couldn't give it a name. They didn't know what to give it. Hashem brought the animals in front of Adam. This animal is a shor, this animal is a chamar. So, how does that show that, that, that you human being is smarter than a mala? It says, <laughs> A person's name is the, is the shayrish, the, the root of his neshama, which is absolutely true. You look at a person's name, it tells you a lot about the person. So the Malachim didn't know the Shirish of the animal's um, neshama, so they couldn't give it a name. So Hashem said, you see, that he's much smarter than you, and this is what he said. The name of a person, that's your soul. So he says, therefore, what he said, what Yaakov Rabinu said was, that the Shirish of your name going to be on the aphod, who you are. It's going to be on the aphod. And if you're not, if you're going to do this Avera, right, then you're, you're going to do a Pagam in your name. If you do a Pagam in your name, it's not going to be on the, it's not going to be on the aphod. So when he was, he wasn't talking about the aphod, he was talking about the Pagam of, of his, of his Neshama. Ulechem, he says, therefore, Yisrael, Leishina Shmam, Yisrael did not change their Hebrew names, Ki Yadu, Ki Neshmasim Kaidashem, because he knew that their souls were, were Kaddish, Ushmam Hinesh Masam. It is Haru Munu Lechaz Besan Say Nish Masam. Psh. Even if it's not a Gnai, you shouldn't say. What? Even if it's not a Gnai, you shouldn't say. No, you shouldn't change your name, a person's name. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you should, you should use your Hebrew name. You should use your Hebrew name. My father, Lushalom, had an English name. When he came to America from Germany in the war, so when you came to Ellis Island, so they gave you a name. So they gave him an English name. Right, I can't say my father's name, whatever it was. They gave him an English name. It bothered him his whole life that he had this English name. So he went about 10 years before he died, and he went to court, and he changed his name to Yitzchak. His Hebrew name was Yitzchak, and he made his name on his passport, on his license, on his social card, and everything. It's very hard to do. It's a lot of work. And they changed his name to his Hebrew name. He wanted a Hebrew name. He wanted, he never and after that, he didn't use his English name even at business. Right, I tried on my phone because I have I have a, I have people that call me on my phone for business, and my English name is Stephen. Right, that's the name that they know. And I said Zachary, so I say hi. You've reached Zachary Walton, and they can't say Ch. They can't say Ch. So why not Zach? What? Zachary. 
No, I'm not going to leave a message on my phone that a, 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 a parent's going to call about their student. And like, Hello, hi, you need Zach Wallstein? I don't think so. Because right? there's a Chaya Wallstein, right? And, and they, don't, they have a problem. It's, it's a hard word to say. But I also, my English name was Stevie. And as a kid growing up, my father said, we, 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 can't, we, can't, we have to change it. And I became Zachariah. I mean, my Hebrew name is Zachariah, whatever it is. And I'm not, I don't use that name. As, whoever calls me that name, Stevie, I know knows me from 50 years ago. <laughs> because I, because you, you, it, it, there's something about a Jewish name. It's Yenishamu. That's the name that you were given. And, and this was a very, very big thing by them. Very big thing by them. Okay. As you all know, it's, um, I'm not, it's not my subject this week. we mentioned next week. We just started Shevavim, right? Shevavim is from Pasha Shmos to Pasha Mishmatim. And it's specifically Mondays and Thursdays. And the people that go to Shabbos, they say, fast, and they say, Slichus, and, and, and in Eretz Yisrael, my Rebbe, Rabbi Gamliel. It's a very big thing. It's a very big thing by him, Shevavim. Why? Specifically, the Aveira of Zerol Vatola, what is that? Why is it this season? Why is it specifically in Shmos to, to, to Mishmatim? So the Chidot says, interesting, the Chidot says, um, first of all, you need to know that the word Mitzrayma, that they went to Mitzrayma, Mount Mitzrayma, Mitzrayma is the Gematria Shechina. The Gematria Shechina. But the Shechina went with us into Mitzrayim, number one, that we need to know that. And he says that why is it Shavivim? Ki b'nei Yisrael ha'boyim l'trayma, the first passage, if you say, right, the English voice b'nei Yisrael ha'boyim l'trayma, so if you take the word Yisrael ha'boyim l'trayma, right, spells, one more word, one second, ha'boyim, seif peilis milo, lamed mem, lamed mem hey, is seif peilis is milo, he says that to tell us that the creed of these parishes is a tikkun lepagam, the begam of the bris. And why did, why specifically, which we learned a chido a long time ago, right? Why is it specifically, um, what do we have to, what does it have to do with bris at this point? Because the whole reason that Klyasrol, which we're going to be learning in the next couple of weeks, the whole reason that Klyasrol went into Mitzrayim was to get the nitsutse, the, 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 the leftovers of the neshama, of all the neshamas that were created when when um, when Adam did saw Zerah in that hundred and thirty years, so his whole body, his whole neshama shattered into millions of pieces, and these nitzutzim, these pieces, ended up in the in the Dor and then from the Dor it went to the Dor and from the Dor it went to Mitzrayim. So all these nitzutzim of Adam were in Mitzrayim. And Klai Yisrael could not get the Torah until they fixed Adam. So Yaakov, who was a Gilgul, Yaakov and Yosef, who were Gilgulim of Adam, came down into Mitzrayim. But what was in Mitzrayim was all these neshamas that were created from each sperm, from each neshama, and they had to be collected. And therefore, Klai Yisrael came down to Mitzrayim to fix the Gam of the Bris. So from Shmot to Mishpatim, is Klaishol in Mitzrayim and then leaving Mitzrayim. So that's specifically the weeks that we work on fixing the Begam of the Bridge. That's why it's Shevim. Specifically when we were in Mitzrayim. That's why we have Shevim specifically. And therefore, if you take the word Shemos, B'nai Yisrael HaVayim, the word Shiv Beis Yudhei spelled Shivya, captive. All these Nitzaytes were captive in Mitzrayim. And where were most of them? The Medrash says, where were most of them? In the palace of Paro. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu 
who had to collect most of them, was sent and grew up in the palace of power, which was the worst, most immoral place in the world. That's where he grew up to collect um, these these nitrates. Okay. Then he says something. He said, the what? Is that through No, through suffering. I'm sorry? Through suffering. Through through bricks and mortar. That's how they fixed it. I had a First of all, he did say he suffered, but no, he I, he, I guess he did it through Kedusha. He had the craft. He knew, he knew the Shem Avaya. So he did it through Kedusha. But but they did it through, it says specifically, they did it through through the bricks and and, uh, and all the hard work that they did. And they asked... The coals? Why he took them out of the triumph? Yeah. It was a mistake. Hashem was very against it, so why and they, they became because he had rachmanus. Is it because the same? They had the suits and no, they were not there. They were they were not they were not the good. They were the very bad. They're still to this day. You know what it says? It says in um, if Chaim Vital says that who's the heir of Rav today in Klai Yisrael? How do you know the difference between a regular Jew and a person from the of Rav? And the, and Rav Chaim Vital says anyone who's machti. Any Jew that causes other Jews to sin is Erev Rav. That's what he says in Rav Vital. So the person who's a Mahdi, and he says when Mashiach comes, they will not. They will not be redeemed. So guys will make parties and stuff like that and invite other Jewish kids to come and to make them fall. He says, those are, I don't say it, Rav Vital says it. He says, that's the Erev Rav. Regular is not a, they're not Mahdi. What happened by the Ego? They were Mahdi by the Ego. They were Mahdi. Every time we had problems, they were machti Yisrael. You'll see it by the, by, by the every time something went wrong by the by the by the mud and by the slug, they will, they will always say adas bnei Yisrael, and 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 Rashi will always say the erev rav. Klai Yisrael is not a machti. We're not machti. We do our own sins. We don't call others to do things. No, no, no. They continue. They were with us all the time. Some of them got killed by the ego, but now. No, there were a lot of them, and and, and Hashem and whatever. And Moshe Benu, he's different. Moshe Benu was a leader. His job was not to figure out who what had. His job was anyone who wants to be a Jew wants to be part of our nation wants to be part of our nation. Same thing happened by Mordechai. By Mordechai, they were angry at him because Klaus was supposed to be wiped out. Mashiach was supposed to come, and 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 that's why he said only part of the Sanhedrin agreed with him, right? So what do you mean? Lemaisa, he, he was wrong, Mordechai. If that was the case. That Haman was supposed to destroy everybody. All of us would die, and then we'd all come back to life. And Mashiach would be here. Look, man, since, now we, since then we lost six million Jews, Crusades, Spanish Inquisition. We probably lost more Jews than would have died by Haman. So the Mordechai made a mistake. Why didn't he let us all die? And the answer is the Mordechai was the leader. His job not to figure out how to bring Mashiach. His job is to save every single Jew. That's a, Jew, a leader's job. So Moshe Rabbeinu, when 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 the Abraham left. They only left because they hung out with the winners. If the Egyptians win, we're with you. If the Jews win, we're with you. Right? But they said they want to leave the Kleistron. They want to get the Torah. And they want that. So much that Benno said, if they want Hashem, it's my job is not to look into the future, what they're going to do. My job is if they want to, they want to be part of us, then I have to take them. The same thing, what? No, Hashem doesn't say no. He always gives you Bechira. Hashem told him by Moran also no. 
You say, I don't, that's not good. It's not a good thing. And he did it anyway. Hashem, that's my opinion. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, I know, I know. But Hashem, the class they're really scared. And they really, you know, and Moshe Rabbeinu thought they're going to come back with a good report. So he's like, I know that you really have a moon, Hashem, but they're not on the level. He was a leader like a Rebbe. They're not really on that level, Hashem, you know. So, so can we just say, hey, really, let's just send them around with me and they'll come back, they'll give a good report, they'll give a good report, and Christ will be fine. So Hashem said, okay, Hashem doesn't do that. Okay, I told you, I gave you my advice. No, send them, look what happened. The baby that was in the wall, the famous story with the baby that was in the wall, right? There was a baby in the wall, he was alive, he was being used as a brick, right? With Pesel, it was, I think it was Micha. It was Pastor Micha, I think it was him. Oh no, he was no, it was the it was the one who um, I think the one who cursed the one who cursed the, the, the Macalo. Right, the, I think he was the Macalo, right? So so we don't understand this. He was in the wall, whatever it was, and and Moshe Rabbeinu said, "I really want to save him." Moshe was like, "Just just leave him there." And Moshe Rabbeinu said, "I can't." I'm like, "I can leave, leave a baby in the wall." She said, "Okay, take him out." In the end, he was Macalo. He cursed Hashem. And, and Moshe Rabbeinu had to have him killed. He got killed anyway. He got killed as an adult. So, because Baruch was not like that. He's like, I'll give you advice. I'm not forcing you to do it. I'm not going to force you to do it. Give you advice. You have Bechira. You still have Bechira. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't do anything wrong. He's a leader. There's a baby in the wall. Not my job. What's going to happen in four years from now? He's crying. He's dying. My job. I'm a leader of My job is to save the baby. Very beautiful message about Moshe Rabbeinu. What? Yeah, at that point, there was the baby with the leader. They were leaving Mitzrayim. No, they were leaving Mitzrayim. They were leaving Mitzrayim. He said, get, I would take him out of the wall. Anyway, but, but it's, it's very important about a leader. It's a beautiful, beautiful, it's something I will speak about in Chicago. I'm going to Chicago for Shabbos. It's such a beautiful medrash and is also about Dabar HaMelech. Very fascinating about Dabar HaMelech. Can you get me a small Aleph? Give me a small Aleph. What, what's the qualities of a leader or Rebbe or principal or any Mechanech? Or is it a small Aleph? Okay, good. Something really fascinating. Shmuel Aleph. You have a small Aleph in there? With, what? Not a Chomash. I need a Novi. A Novi. It's in the other room. Wait, let me tell you a story about, about Moshe Rabbeinu. So why did I pick Moshe Rabbeinu as a leader? Very, very... Very, very beautiful, very, very fascinating, and I think that 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 as a parent, of course, it's pretty much natural. But as a rebbe or anybody in chinuch, this is like the most important medrash. Why did he become a leader? Why much became a leader? So you'd think much became a leader because he was brilliant. He was the best in Gemara. He knew shas about that. None of the above. None of the above. Nope. 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 Medrash says. Look at Medrash Rabbah, Pasha Shmoyf. Medrash says, Moshe Rabbeinu was a shepherd. And one day, one of the sheep ran away. Moshe Rabbeinu ran after the sheep, put him on his shoulders, and brought him back to the rest of the sheep. Said Hashem, that the, 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 the way he leads his flock is the way I want him to lead the flock of Israel. What was the big deal that he did, guys? He took a sheep that left the rest of the sheep, put it on his shoulder, and carried it back to the rest of the flock. You think there were no 
nomads in the, in the desert or other shepherds that ever put a sheep on his shoulders, a weak little shepsla and carry him back. What, what made Moshe? Why did that make Moshe Rabbeinu no Shmuel out? They keep the Navi over there on the wall, all the way on the, all the, way on the side. On, this back, on the back wall, towards, towards the end. So what made him special? That's what made him a leader? That, that made you leader? Hashem said that's the leader of Christ? Did he put a, he put a lamb on his shoulders? You're telling me no Arab, no Egyptian shepherd ever put it So the Medjah says the following. So when he took the sheep and he brought it back to the flock, he said, the reason I'm carrying you, right, because he could have slept it, right? The reason I'm carrying you is because why would you have left the rest of the sheep to go back to the waterhole? It must be because when we went to the last waterhole, I didn't give you enough time. So it's not your fault. It's my fault. And if it's my fault, I have no right to make you walk back. I have to carry you back. Hashem said, a, per- a leader is a person who takes the blame. Doesn't blame the kid's fault, parents' fault, this fault, that fault. He's like, if this kid is off the derrick, if this kid is fighting back, if this kid is a chutzpahnik, then it must be we didn't give him enough time. And we didn't give him enough attention. Instead of saying, you, you separated yourself from the rest of the class, so you work it out. You fix yourself. It's your fault. Shem said, that's not a leader. A leader is the one that says, so how come one sheep of all these sheep went back to the water? Why did he have to go back to the water? Maybe by the last water hole, I rushed them. He was last. Didn't get his drink. It's my fault. My fault. I'm going to make him walk. I'm going to carry him. Shem said, whoa. He's blaming himself. Instead of taking a stick and whacking the sheep, get back in line. Get back in line. You're, you know, you're, you're doing the wrong thing. He blamed himself. He blamed himself. That's a person who can be a leader. When a person is willing to take the blame on his watch when something happens. When the kid in class is not doing well and he's saying, maybe I needed to give him a hug. Maybe I needed to talk to him a little bit longer. Maybe I need to give him a little bit more attention. So it's my fault. Why am I throwing him out? My fault. I gotta. I gotta carry him back to the water, and carry him back to the rest of the kids in the class, and carry him back to yeshiva. Because the kid on the street, maybe it's our fault. Maybe we didn't give him enough time. Maybe we didn't give him enough love. Those are the leaders of Klal That that was my Rabbeinu. And there was another thing about Yaakov Avinu and David Amelech and Moshe Rabbeinu, which which is amazing. If you look at when Yaakov Avinu talks to Lavan, he makes an interesting comment. He tells Lavan, I believe it was, I, I know that Lavan Amalek, but I believe Yaakov Avinu did also. He said, all the years that I took care of your sheep, I never lost one. And if you lost one, anyone who knows about shepherds, wolves attack at night, sheep die, things happen, right? No. A real shepherd, a person who takes real responsibility, one is too many. So, I believe that Yaakov Avinu said it. I know, it was very fascinating to me, that, that David HaMelech, when he becomes king, when, before he becomes king, let's go to uh, the Plishti, listen to this. 
And that's when you knew that he'd become a Melech, that he'd become a, he'd become a leader. He says to Shaul, Shaul says, uh, what makes you think that you could uh, that you could fight against this giant, right? He says the following. The David ben Ishef Rossi Beis Lechem and he comes to he comes to Shaul, he was a little kid. He was a now, right? And and he says to him, Tolomelech says, how are you putting up with this guy making fun of Hashem? And they said, who's going to go up against him? And David says the following. Hold on. Oh, here he says. Listen carefully. David. says to David, Come on, kid. You don't have a chance against this plishti. Be luck and emo? You're going to go fight with him? Now you have to understand, the whole Christ role is in the balance here because if, 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 if Goliath kills David, the Jews have to give all themselves over to the Christian. So Shaul, this little boy walks into Shaul, he's like, okay, I'll go one-on-one with him. Shaul's like, you? Going to go one-on-one with him? Kinarata! You're a baby, you're a little boy. Who is for He's a warrior since he's a young man. He's a giant. Right? So, what's Doug's answer? Shaul's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not betting my, I'm not betting Clyde Shaul on you. You're a punk. You're, you're a kid. You want to get against a, a seasoned soldier? Right? So, what does Doug and Amalek answer? Well, you have a Doug and Shaul. Let me introduce you. Let me introduce myself to you. I was a shepherd. And one day a lion showed up. And I ate And he took one of the lambs from my flock. And I ran after him. And I, and I, and I killed him. And I saved the lamb that was in his mouth. And, I, and, he, and, and the lion attacked him. I grabbed him by his beard, I guess it was a male, by his mane, and I killed him. I killed both that Ari and the Doe, right? And, 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 and the Tlishti is no bigger than they, and, I'll, I will, and, I will, um, and I will destroy him. And he said, Hashem, I said, you me at Ari, me at the Doe. Same God that saved me from the lion and the bear, saved me from the Yana Tlishti. Why did the Lord say, that I took the lamb out of his mouth. His point is, who kidding? He took the lamb out of his mouth. His point is, I killed a lion and a bear against me, and I killed both of them. So, whatever I should do for me, I'll do it again. Because Dabar Amelech was saying to Shaul, Dabar Amelech was going to be the king. So you think it would have been a win if I would have killed them both, but the lamb would have died? It would have been a loss. He can't afford to even lose the lamb that was in the lion's, in, in the bear's mouth. So he said specifically to, to him, because that has nothing to do with the story, by the lamb, not only did I kill them, I didn't lose one. Same thing that Yaakov said, I didn't lose one. The same thing that Moshe Rabbeinu said, I didn't lose one. One is too many. Some rabbi got up and said, Rabbi Wallerstein said, there's uh, 
20% of kids are going off the death, which I never said, but 20% of kids are death. I don't know what he thought about. He ripped me, ranked me out. He said, only 10%, and he's just trying to be better than that. He ranked me, ranked me out, whatever, for whatever reason. Michael and Mechil and Moore should live long, right? So 10%. How many kids are in the system? At least 100,000 right now, just in our area. So 100,000 kids in the system. 10% is 10,000 kids. This rabbi has no problem with 10,000 kids being off the derech? Rabbi Walsh is making a big thing out of nothing? 10,000 kids? And if they each have eight children, that's 80,000 kids, but these 10,000 are off the derech. So their kids are not going to be from. So they're going to have eight kids, that's 80,000 people that aren't from. Well, it's not a problem. We shouldn't worry about it. Don't I'm out saying one lamb, and it's already in the beer's mouth. Let him eat it. No, one lamb's too many. What should I mean is saying, one lamb, one lamb got away, it's my fault. I got to go back and get it. These are the leaders. Yaakov Avinu is, Laban, I ate ice. I stayed up all night. They didn't lose one of your sheep for, for 22 years. They didn't lose a sheep, a lamb. For some reason, the tzaddikim, the gedolim, one is too many. And all of a sudden now, 10% is not too many. 10% is okay. We can live with that. We can't live with one child. I'll tell you a story that happened with me. I'll tell you a story that happened with me. You know, when I come to give a share, I, I, I have no idea what I'm going to say. I always say to Hashem, just come out of my mouth with what I need to say. But now when I have prepared, I have a lot of stuff prepared. But I have to tell you this story. So, we, have, we had, in, in the mountains, so we used to rent out Kainisha lanes for the girls, something that Orna was started many years ago. And we used to rent out Kainisha lanes for the girls every month to Shabbos, from 11 o'clock, from 10, 30, 11, till 3, free bowling, free pizza, free everything. So we used to have like 150 girls used to come, and no boys or anything else. So that way, they didn't hang out, go to the wrong places in the mountains. Very successful program. But it cost us $3,000 every month to Shabbos. Because we rented the bowling alley for four hours, it's the busiest night, plus pizza for 150, 200 kids, plus soda. It cost us three grand. So, three, three and a half. It ended up costing us like $36,000. With advertising, $36,000 a summer. I didn't have the money. So, some guy said to me, Ray Walstein, we're going to get a bunch of guys from Flat, a bunch of guys together who have money. We're going to put together a meeting for many different things that we're going to have in the summer, your, your program, other programs. And we're going to raise you whatever we can. But we need you to come speak. Okay? So I come in front of these, all these Askanian, very rich people, and I'm going to plead my case for what I do, right? That I, I need $36,000. We do this every single month of Shabbos. I'm up. I'm the guy that sits there outside to make sure no boys show up. For me and my brother-in-law from 11.30 till 3 o'clock, then we have to bring this one home. Didn't get home till 4 o'clock, and I was in the baseball field the next morning, you know, in OBDL, and I was like, looking at the ball, I was like, huh? What was that? Like, what was that, a bowling ball? What was that? Like, you know, I was like, dead time, whatever. It's fine, I had no problem. I said, I have no problem doing the work, but, but you got to help me with the money. Okay. So, there, there were businessmen, and everything's business. So, so, one guy, so I made my whole speech, and everyone's like getting emotional, and I'm thinking, I'm covered for this summer. So, one guy says, before we decide how much to give you, how many girls do you really think you're saving? Can you give me a number after the whole summer? Like, don't you think the girls that would go anyway to bars didn't come bowling? You, you got all the fruit kids who wanted a freebie and all the bundle colonies, you know, uh, mother's helpers wanted to get a freebie. They all came to the bowling, but the real kids, 
that really opens their ass, they come to the bowling alley. So give me a number. A whole summer last year, who could, what could you can say for sure, how many girls did you save? So he said, fair question, he's a businessman. I said, one. There was one girl that I knew that I got into my high school through that. Right? I really only knew one girl that I could say that, because she came and we ended up speaking to her, we ended up getting her out of we ended up getting her to go to my high school. I said, one. He said, you see? Talk to everybody. You see? You think you think it's a good a good idea to invest thirty six thousand dollars in one girl? We could pay four kids tuitions. He destroyed me. Destroyed me. I'm standing. There. I, I had them and I lost them all. One. So I said, "Can I just say something?" Sure. I said, "If you knew who that girl was, how chashiv." Her family is the one that I saved. You wouldn't be talking like this. So they're all thinking it's a Rebbe's daughter, Rebbe's <laughs> granddaughter, Shashiva's granddaughter. They're thinking like, they're like, so can you tell us? I said, you know, usually I don't, I don't give names, I don't tell, but this time I'm going to tell you. So you really want to know who this girl is? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I turn to this guy. And I'm like, it's your daughter. And he turns white. I'm like, it's your daughter. You think it's worth thirty-six thousand dollars now? When it's your daughter, you think it's worth $36,000? So he's looking around the room, they're all looking at him like, his daughter's off to Derek. I'm like, no, it's not, it's, it's not really your daughter. And I don't want to speak Russian how his daughter goes to Skype. If he has a daughter, I don't even know if he has a daughter, right? I'm like, but if it was your daughter, would there be a number at this table? And it was like, they're all just sitting there. And I said, have a good day. And I walked out. <laughs> One. One, no. <laughs> One. It's not always about getting money. Sometimes it's about making a point. One is too many. It's your child. It's your child. There's no amount of money. There's no such thing as money. I know. I can tell you, kids that parents have absolutely no money, and their child try to commit suicide, and the child's doing drugs, and 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 the best place in the United States, one of the best places, is thirty-five thousand dollars a month. And these people don't have food on the table. And guess what? They found $35,000. They went to their rug. They, they, they went to people's houses. They begged grandfathers and uncles and cousins that they never spoke to. Their child tried to kill themselves. Next time, they might be successful. You think it's worth $35,000 to get them to rehab to save them? Of course. If it's your child, there's no, there's no numbers. There's no such thing as a number. So that's what Dr. Malik said. One lamb is too many. So I took it out of the bear's mouth, and I'm telling you, Shaul, I didn't even lose that land. And that's when you knew that David and Melech would become king. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, one lamb is too much. I'm going back, and I'm carrying him, because if he separated himself from the rest of the flock, maybe it's my fault. When a kid is in a family, or a kid's in a yeshiva, and he separates himself, of course, I, I don't say the kid's not to blame. I'm not saying that the lamb was not to blame, but we have to look at why is this one lamb in its flock left the flock and went to get water? Must be I didn't let it get enough water when it was there the first time. I didn't give it enough time. Because Baruch said to Malach, look in the measures. He said to Malach, this is my leader. Not because he knew shots, not because he davened long, not because he was the best in the class, 
I don't think he was valedictorian in, 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 in what's it called, in the Triumph High over there, right? I don't think that he was valedictorian there. That's not why Akash Bokhul picked him. Because to him, every lamb counted. And, and that's what I said at the Aguita Convention, and that's all I was saying. It doesn't have to be 10,000 or 5,000 or 4,000, just one. One is too many. If it's my child, one is much too many. And it's Hashem's child. So Hashem says, it's my child, one's too many. And it's a lot more than one. And that's who Moshe Rabbeinu was. And let me tell you something. Moshe Rabbeinu went through Gehenna. Okay, and I talk about it every year. He went through Gehenna. This was not a person who had a good life. He, he wasn't even supposed to be born. He, could you give me a request? He wasn't even supposed to be born. His father and mother separated. His father and mother separated. Not to have him. Okay? And when he was born, he was hidden away for three months. And then after he was hidden away for three months, he was put in a basket. And he was adopted. And talk about... And I told this to my seminary girls also. It's not racism or anything else. But you need to understand, we don't understand, I don't think we appreciate, and I don't think we understand the Kedusha of a Jewish Neshama. It is so fragile. We used to make, I used to make what's called Rodeguvior plastic shopping bags. Rodeguvior is um, a printing, the, the way we print bags is called Flexo. It's on a rubber plate. Right? And then the ink goes on the plate and it prints the bag. But the problem with rubber plates is they, they move a millionth of an inch because they're rubber. Rubber stretches. So there's a printing that came out of Italy. It's called rotor gravure. It's, it's French. It's, it's French. Right? So maybe it's French printing. And it's, it's a cylinder, a metal cylinder. So the, the printing that you want is inscribed on a metal cylinder. There's no movement in metal. So when you print, there's no movement at all. So you can take a picture of someone... And you could print it on there. Word of your. How do you etch that cylinder, right, with the artwork? So the artwork goes into a computer, and then you have this, like, diamond laser, and the laser, right, etches into the metal the picture that's over there, and then you're able to print it. Now, the room that this happens in is a vacuum. The room is a vacuum, because if a piece of dust lands on that cylinder... Right? When they're making, when they're etching, when they're etching. So there's going to be a little nick. When you print, there's going to be a little white dot. So the room cannot have any dust whatsoever. So there's no one really, it, it prints, there's no one in the room. The machine works in the room. The room is a vacuum. There's zero dust. There's a drop of dust in the cylinder. You lose the cylinder. It's $10,000. Because you're going to have a white dot. You can't have a white dot on a perfect printing. Right? When you're printing food product. So there can't be one drop of dust. On a shama is like that and we're etching all the time different pictures on Anishama so anything that's Tameh anything that's not Kadosh anything that's not Holy has an effect on our souls so 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 therefore music and what you see all these things have an absolute effect on your soul and that's why the, 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 in Mitzrayim the three things that saved us was that there was a certain purity a certain perfection you know, in, in our souls. And, and, and therefore, a person has to be very careful what goes in, right? What goes in his eyes, what goes in his ears, what goes in his mouth, what he eats, what, you know, all these different things that happen to him. And, 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 and that's why the Kedusha, the Kedusha has to be, very, has to be perfect. Moshe Rabbeinu was born taiv. 
He was born with a bris milah. That's why he was played. He was born with a bris milah. He was born on a, on, a, on a crazy, crazy level. And and, he, and you took this purity, this beauty, and you dumped it in the worst place in the world. In the tribe, and not only in the tribe, you dumped it in public school in the worst place that you could put it with the biggest trouble, right? And Moshe Beinu somehow came out of there and wasn't sure if he's an Ish-Mitri or an Ish-Ivri and decided that I'm an Ish-Ivri. He kills the Mitri and then Kleisrov throws him out. He ended up running away and he learned the measures. is terrible. He ended up in Ethiopia and he ended up being king there and then Bilam's son ended up throwing him out. He comes finally to, to Midian. He gets to Midian. He saves the daughters of Yisroh from the, from the shepherds, they come home and say, wow, he says, you got home early, who's here? They say, this Ishmitri. Yishra says, oh my gosh, bring him home to eat. He comes home figuring, hey, I'm going to get a reward. I just saved all his daughters. And Yishra says, what's going on? Who are you? He says, I'm an Ishmitri. He says, why are you here? He says, I'm running away from, from Paro. He says, oh no, Paro, I ran away from Paro because Yishra was one of the three advisors. If you're going to be here, they're going to come to get you, they're going to get me. We can't keep you here. So the measure says they put him into a dungeon underneath the ground to die. That's it. Yeshua said, that's how... So you can imagine much of it was going up with like, save a Jew, they ran on you to kill you. Save a girl, father tries to kill you. Something's not working out over here. Right? The human beings are not paying back, you know. I do good, they try to kill me. I do good again, they try to kill me. And it says that Tzipor, 14 years or 13 years, I'm not sure, she came and fed him every single day. And then finally, when he got out, there's a famous story with the stick that he pulled out. Whatever it is, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. No more people. People who mean that doesn't work. Every time I try to help somebody, they try to kill me. He goes into the, he goes into the desert. That's the best place to be. The mountain was in the desert. Moshe Rabbeinu was in the desert. That's when you find God, when you're away from people, when you're away from everybody. And, and, and all of a sudden, Hashem shows up in the snap. Shalom Aleichem! Yes. I'm Hashem! Yes. Turn around, you turn, go back to Mitzrayim and save the Jews. And what does he say? The ones that spoke Lashon Har on me? I should go save the ones that spoke Lashon Har on me? The ones that try to kill me? And Hashem says, yes, that's growth. That's growth. Helping people you like, helping people that are good to you, that's not a leader. That's not growth. What's growth? When someone hurts you so deeply, and then they need your help, and you're like, no problem. I'll help them. That was much Rabbeinu. So I just want to tell you, that in, in the, and I'll end with this. In, in Mikroitsky Doilois, right, people don't know this. Someone once asked me this. I really made a fool out of myself because I said he's nuts. And he said, really? Did you know that Moshe Rabbeinu, I spoke about this last year, I think. Moshe Rabbeinu had a brother, not Aram. That when they, when they separated, when Amram and, there's a, there's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole, I don't have time tonight. There's a whole thing on this. They, they separated, they got divorced, Amram and, 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 um, and Yocheved. Yocheved remarried and had children from somebody else. And, and he, the, the United of Brazil says this, and they asked Akasha, one second, how could she, how could she go back? Right, Master Research, what? No, but that's not the answer they give. It's very, very, fa- very, very fascinating. So once it, he remarried, he had the child, not her, so he could go back. If the man remarries, he can go back. And I want to read it to you, and it says their name. Oh, it's Elder Mega. Elder Mega. The two guys that were talking about Moshe, talking about Moshe Benu and Yoshua, Elder Mega, this father of the Makaneh, 
Eldon and Medad were half brothers to Moshe Rabbeinu. Nobody knows that. So some guy came to me many years ago. He said, "You know, uh, you know Moshe Rabbeinu's other brother's name besides Aaron." I'm like, "Nah, you don't have one." And he's like, "Rabbi Wallerstein, he has one." I'm like, "No." Whoever told you about Bob Meisa? No. He says, "Really? Check out Yerushim Ben Azil. You know the Medrash Yerushim Ben Azil." And I looked it up, and it was like, "Huh?" So I want to tell it to you. Hold on a second. I got to read it to you. Fascinating. Was because he didn't want to kill. He didn't want to have boys, so she came and said, "You're killing the girls, also. You're worse than him." All right. right. So why would you be married at that point? Why didn't you marry somebody else? It doesn't make any sense. Did you marry somebody else? If the reason Good why. Good question. That's one of the questions he asked. So they think she did, because she agreed with her daughter. Hold on, let me. That's a very good question. I asked that. We asked that question last. Year. You don't remember last year we gave this share? Do a whole share on this. Maybe I didn't give it here. And how long was it? The eighth was somebody who's designed for someone who's married. No, 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 no. They asked the question. They answer it. Let's see what he says here. Next week, I'll read it to you from inside. Okay, I want to end with this word. I just saw this week for the first time in my life. Listen to this. Right, okay. When you read them, it's trying to be for it, and they made their, their life hard. They were sound the even the Shemat, not Shrik So, then, and then who killed them, and Basi, the Khoya, but Kim was the King, Leo, because she gave out Leah. Now, let's try him, but here's the other. Tomorrow, no. There's an extra word here. One second. Why'd you do this? Did you let them live? They spoke back. She spoke. They said they're a bunch of animals. They give birth before we get there. Ah, right. Okay. So here, beautiful shot. I heard this this week. Beautiful shot. So it says the following. So, so they were supposed to kill the kids on the birthstone. They did it, right? So the pasuk says, and Hashem. Be good to the to the two mealders, the two uh, midwives. And the nation multiplied, and they became very strong. Where, where, where did it say what he did good to the mealders? So then it says, right? They feared God. They asked him about them, and Hashem gave them houses. And Rashi says, "But the Kuhuna and but the Lubia." 
what the Pussy before says, he did, he did something good for them. It doesn't say, we multiply, we have to we became very strong. It doesn't say what he did good for them. Right? It's good kasha. Everyone agrees it's good kasha. Teretz is amazing. The teretz is that when you want to do something good and it comes to fruition and you get to see it, that's the greatest toiva that Hashem could do for you. So what was the toiva? What, made, what was the good that happened? That they went ahead and they saved the Jewish boys and they saw by year of the they got white. They didn't need a reward. They saw that from what they did, many Jewish kids lived and the nation became big. People, people think that if you do something right, right, or do something good, reward me, Hashem. The greatest reward is that what you set out to do, you accomplished. The greatest reward in the world is that what you set out to do, you had the Siyat and Shmaya to accomplish. So the Pasuk is saying, what was the good that Hashem did to the Miyavos? But they got to see that what they, what they wanted to do, that Siyat and Shmaya, and they accomplished. And that's how a person has to look at life. That the good that Hashem does to me is that I get up in the morning and I have a plan to accomplish something and I actually accomplish it, you're waiting for, give me the wisdom reward, where's the reward? No, the reward is that you sort to fruition what you plan to do. It's 100% true. A lot, there's a lot of dreamers out there that, that do nothing. There's a lot of people that are busy on, on the internet and all this other stuff and talking and talking and talking and talking. They haven't built something in their lives. They haven't done anything in their lives. And, 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 and nothing comes to fruition. And then there are people who don't talk so much, whatever it is. These, they didn't talk at all. They didn't talk at all. Her name was poor, but she used to go poor, poor, whatever it is. But they didn't talk at all. They did. Who else did in this week's parasha who didn't talk at all? Batya. They called, the Medjish called her Bisya. Right? The same thing. And by the way, I don't know how DNA works. You know, when you're adopted, because it's hard to understand DNA when you're adopted, even though there's a connection in Google in between, between Batya and, and, and Moshe Rabbeinu, because Batya was Hevel's wife. We're going to save that for a different week. Batya was Hevel's wife. Moshe was Hevel. So Batya and, Batya and Moshe knew each other from, from a long time ago. But there was, there was a very connection. But... If you, what, what was her godless? Her godless was, that she, this, I, 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 I don't know if I said this to my, I said this to my, my girls this week. It's the first time that I ever, that I really, that I ever said it. What was the godless of Batya? There was two things that happened. What was the godless of Batya? The godless of Batya was that she saw the table. There were a lot of women at, at the saw. There were a lot of people there. She was the only one that saw it. The other ones didn't see it. All the maid servants didn't see it. Because she was a person who was looking to save to save somebody. So when you're looking to save someone, it's the same thing as Maya, Maya Ramadinu. Right? If you're looking for it, it's going to be there. So the, the, if she wouldn't have seen the table of the Sechasov, nothing would have happened. So the first thing was, but the table of the Sechasov. She, she, she went to the ocean. Actually, it says she went to go to the mikvah to become a Jew, to become a Ger. Okay? Or that, or that she had Taras. But the first thing that she did was she was able to see the table of the Sechasov. Chas Vashon is a kid drowning at the bottom of the pool. You can't save him if you don't see him. If you don't see him, by the time you see him, it's too late. The first thing is, it's interesting because my wife was a lifeguard, and she was an instructor, and we were in Florida once, and we were sitting by the pool, and it was, I don't know if it was Yachtif or whatever, we were sitting, just sitting and talking, fully dressed, whatever it was, and all of a sudden she jumped into the pool, with all the clothes on, into the deep water. She ran, she, oh my God, she ran, jumped into the pool, there was a kid in the deep water on the bottom. And the mother was talking to her friend, and she didn't see. Nobody saw the kid going to the pool. So this kid was on the bottom of the pool. She saved him. And I was like, why did she see that kid? I didn't. 
because she's a lifeguard. And therefore, her whole life, she's taught. It's automatic by a lifeguard that when you sit next to a pool, you're always looking into the deep water. You shouldn't. She, she, she was talking to me. And also, she ran. Why I see it? Because I'm not trained to... I'm not trained that way. So I'm not looking in the water. Right? But a lifeguard, you're by the pool. You're trained to look in the water. A person who does chesed all their life trains themselves. They see the person that needs help that everyone else walks by. Because that's who they are. They're, so she saw him. She didn't see it, nothing would have happened, right? And then, of course, she struck out, she struck out her hand even though she knew she couldn't reach it. This is my best year for my girls who are struggling, that she knew she couldn't reach it, her hand couldn't reach it. She said, but I have to do mine. i got to put my hand out. i got to try. I mean, I'm not be, I, might, I might not be able to change the world. I might not even be able to change one person in the world. I might not even be able to change myself. But i got to put my hand out, i got to try. And because both of us the rest, that's what she did. Now, if you look, again, I can't say it's spiritual DNA, but if you look at Moshe Rabbeinu, right, the same thing happened by the Sneh, right? It says the same thing. He was, For some reason, nobody else saw it, but he saw it. So then what happened? What made him, what made him a leader? And this is the second part. This is the second part. And this is really a share that I give to Rabbein, to teachers, not to regular guys. This is the second part. One part that made him Rabbeinu, he's called Moshe Rabbeinu. One part, he was a person who blamed himself when somebody went off the derech, the sheep went off the derech. He carried back and said, it must be my fault. What was the second part that made him Moshe Rabbeinu? He said, there's something wrong here. Something's not right. There's a bush that's burning. If you look at the plastic, he said, he stopped to see and he said, Madua. There's a bush that's burning, but it's not burning. So if there's a bush that's burning and it's not burning, something's not right. If something's not right, i got to approach it and find out what's going on. I'm sure there were many other people that would have just walked by. Bush burning, I don't know, some, kind of, some guy's doing a magic trick. I don't know what's going on over here. Right? And keep walking. Moshe Rabbeinu said, if something doesn't make sense, a bush is supposed to, when it burns, it's supposed to burn. And it doesn't make sense, and it's burning, I need a sort of lyrics. And, and, and many of the fortunes say, that's when Hashem said, he also is going to become, because he stopped to see what's wrong, what's going on over here. That's the sign of a leader, it's the sign of a good Rebbe. If something's going on with this kid, and he, he seems to be dominating, and he seems to be learning, but the bush ain't burning. He's, he's just not connected. There's just something not happening here. The fire, we're giving him the fire, we're learning fire out, we're singing, we're doing... The bush ain't burning. Something's wrong. So the Rebbe, who saw Leroy's and says, Madua How come this kid is not burning? How come this kid is not connected? To Rabbeinu. That becomes a Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the lesson of this week's Pasha. We should be able to see Moshe Rabbeinu. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.